Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name's Doug Cunnington, and in this episode, I talk about six things that I learned about making money online. And this is a special episode because I have a guest host, my good friend Ron Stefanski. We've both been working online for a few years. We started, you know, doing this stuff on the side, and we actually met each other uh, online, not in, not in person, but we met each other early on in our journeys when we were, you know, actually not making much money at all. And then over time, we've gone to, you know, do this full time. So. We just have a candid conversation and quick note, Ron uh, blogs over at the One Hour Professor, so be sure to check that out. Additionally, he's been on a couple other episodes, so look through the podcast episodes, and if you haven't listened to those, then you should. They're very good episodes. So let's uh, get to the conversation now, the six things we learned about making money online. Hey, what's going on? It's Doug Cunnington here, and I'm here with Ron. So how you doing today, Ron? I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you? Doing really good. Doing really well today. I'm like caffeined up. I have a few interviews to do. So like- Oh, you didn't um, tell me that part. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good. Now, you've been on the show a few times, but can you just do a super quick intro just so people kind of know- um, what you're all about if they haven't heard the other episodes yet. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, first off, thanks for having me back. Appreciate it. Um, always love to be here. Uh, my name is Ron Stefanski. I've been at this, uh, I guess you could call it online business internet marketing game um, for probably, now it's probably been about 12 years total, uh, including my corporate job. I've actually been doing my own entrepreneur stuff for about eight years of that. Um, I think is about that number, but yeah, I, uh, started a website, uh, or multiple websites over the years have failed multiple, multiple times, but, um, I have found a lot of success, uh, with a lot of hard work. And now I basically have a portfolio of websites. And one of the things that I do that's, I think different than other people is that I, uh, log all of my income, um, on income reports over at onehourprofessor.com. I log all the income, um, on all of my websites and talk about that every month and talk about all the different things. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much my intro. Cool. And if people haven't, um, checked out the other two episodes, um, search for it. I'm sure you could find it. I'll put links somewhere in the show notes, but you could find it if you try. And, um, today we're going to talk about six things that we learned making money online. Now, before we get to it, we're going to have a little small talk. I haven't chatted with Ron in a couple weeks, but it sounds like you've had an eventful uh, couple weeks. So, w- what happened, man? So, like, and I'm I'm sure that this because I was recently on your podcast. I'm sure this is completely unrelated and just bad luck. Um, but basically, what ended up happening was uh, I, I believe the the plugin um, is called Contact Form Nine, which is super super popular out there. Um, and I, uh, I have a process. I have a lot of processes in my business. And one of those processes is every month, uh, at the beginning of the month, I'll update all the plugins for all of my websites. I do it all one time for all websites at one time, make sure I check everything, you know, and all that. Um, so in between my last update and, you know, this last month, there was a vulnerability that came out <clears throat> onto that plugin. Uh, and basically I had, uh, some, not all, but 
some of my websites that are in my portfolio get hacked, which was a miserable experience. Um, I haven't slept much. That's why I kind of look a little, you know, it's, it's a little shaggy here. I'm dressing a little sloppy wearing a hat because I'm just like, it's been a rough, uh, it's been a rough week trying to figure this stuff out. Um, and it was pretty, uh, pretty brutal. So basically what was happening was, um, I hacked websites, there was malware on them. And what was occurring was that, uh, the individual was able to get admin access rights to five of my websites. They were able to get into my Google webmaster tools or my search console. They were able to submit sitemaps, um, on behalf of my website. And I was getting, uh, pages indexed in Google that were very unsavory pages. Uh, for instance, at one point, if you, uh, and don't do this if you're watching, but if you actually putting into Google child porn hub, I was on that front page for one of my websites, which is terrible, not a place you want to be. Um, so yeah, so I, I basically worked with my developer. He was having a really hard time figuring it out. I went on and hired like a different developer, a little more, more expensive. He actually figured it out yesterday night. So, uh, it, it, but yeah, it was pretty, pretty brutal. Like one of my websites had over a hundred thousand index pages on Google that were all crap. Um, and it, and basically what would happen was people would see it in the search results and they would click on the search result. It would bring them to another website. And then guess what? That website had malware. So it was just infecting all the computers. So it was like, it was, it was the first time I've ever dealt with it. And, um, to talk about why it happened or how to not have that happen, um, use WordFence. Uh, I know that that's a free plugin. I actually use web, uh, arcs, ARX. I got it on an AppSumo deal. It's really good too. Um, but no matter what, even if you have a really small website, um, use it because it blocks everything. And I also found out that if somebody hacks into one website, they can actually hack into all the websites on that server. And I have a dedicated server. So like, I didn't know this stuff. I've never done it. I usually have the security, but I didn't for this one website. Cause I'm like, ah, it's new. No one's even going to find it. They found it. So, Oh man. That's yeah, it was, it was awful. It was, it was truly awful. It was, it's been a rough one, but, um, yeah, I've been fighting and trying to get pages de-indexed from Google pages that I don't want in there. Uh, and you know, I, now that we got this part taken care of, I'm going to, I'm going to basically the solution is you, you get rid of the malware, you have to hire a specialist for it, you get rid of it. And then you have to go to Google and resubmit your sitemap and then edit your robots.txt file. This gets a little technical, but edit that file to make it so that the URLs that, you know, um, are getting indexed, no longer get indexed. So a huge headache, but a good learning experience. Something I may, I may write up, you know, do a video or write up something. Cause it was like, wow, like I've never, you know, I've never dealt with that. So it was miserable. <laughs> that sounds terrible. Yeah. Man, that, <laughs> yeah, um, and is, do you do like offsite backups? Um, and I, I do actually for you, uh, uh, showed me one of them. So I, I use, so I use SiteGround, big fan of SiteGround. They actually do a backup every day, which is awesome. Um, and you could have in, in theory, yes. If your if your question is, back. could you have rolled it back? Yes. But then the problem was it was in, um, one of the files that it would have impacted would have been a file that basically would have deleted all the posts that we posted. And I post between all of my websites, I don't even know, 15 to 20 posts a week. So it's like, that would be a lot of work. So yes, in theory, if you don't have much, you could have done that. Um, but yeah, I use offsite, our site ground does it. And then I also use, um, I think it's managed WP was the other one that you showed me to, which is awesome, by the way. Thanks for the intro to that. Um, I also back up there cause the redundancy I think is a good thing just yep. in case, in case my host fails me in some way. So. 
Yep, totally agree. And I think, um, yeah, so manage WP, that's what I use. And it's offsite backups. It's really easy to like restore if something happens. And like, I'm not, at least currently right now, I'm not publishing as much as you're talking about. But yeah, you could have potentially restored back from like 15 days or something, whatever yep. makes sense. But you'd lose potentially whatever 30 articles that you'd have to like redo and have someone re publish or whatever yeah and i and i I could have like copied all the code and then pasted into other sheets and then done the rollback and then put it all but it was just like you know what let's just try to let's try to find it you know that'll be easier i think the path to least resistance and and it worked um thankfully the guy that i just got is awesome so yeah man well i'm glad you're figuring it out and um yeah that that's terrible luckily knock on wood i haven't had any issues like that but i've um I've seen some friends with malware, hence that's why I'm like, okay, I could do backups and at least, you know, I'm not doing constant updates. So yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Like I, like I said, the biggest thing I know WordFence is one of them that's free out there. Web ARX is the one that I use. I don't even know if that's free or not. I, I got it on the AppSumo deal, but no matter how small your website is, if it's on a server, just put it on there. Um, it does, e- even if you don't intend on making it big or you're thinking, Oh, it'll just be a small project. Just do it. Trust me. It's much easier than dealing with what I just dealt with. Oh yeah, for sure. All right. Well, let's, let's get into the topic for today. And it is six things that we've learned about making money online over the last few years. And I know when I first got started, I really didn't know anything about anything and it all sounded sort of scammy to be honest with you because even a nice guy like pat flynn was telling stories and when i checked out his income reports i thought this is crazy i think he was making like 50k a month around the time when i started following him and i was like that's insane like that's completely insane and you know it's mostly passive at least from his perspective so i was like this is crazy and there was so much that I didn't know at the time and I've learned very slowly. And I assume right now I'm just as ignorant and <laughs> just in different yeah. ways. You don't know what you don't know. Right? Exactly. That's, a, that's really, that's true. So number one on our list is it's conceptually easy, but it's a lot harder than you think it's going to be, especially once you get started. So Ron, what, what do you think of this specific point here? Um, I completely agree. I mean, I, to kind of, you know, talk about what my experience with that. I remember I found Pat Flynn too. I I think most, I mean, a lot of people, especially when you're first starting, you find Pat Flynn, um, you just end up there somehow. I don't even know how it happened. And I remember I was looking at, I was like, I can crush this little guy. Cause you gotta, you gotta remember I came from, um, the corporate experience, right? Like I had, I had a lot of digital marketing. I was a digital marketing manager by trade. Like I was like, I can crush this guy. I know exactly what to do, blah, blah, blah. And I created my first website and I was like, I conceptually, as you're saying, I conceptually understood everything. I completely failed though. Um, so it's like even someone who was experienced and I basically had to relearn a lot of different things. So like, I completely agree with you. Um, I think that most people, you know, I, I also thought it was scammy. I absolutely did. I thought it was scammy. Then I found him and I was like, wow, this guy actually shares income reports. He's doing his thing. And he inspired me obviously to share my own. So like when I did it, it was like, yeah, this guy's, you know, this actually looks legit. And then I tried it and failed. So like it is easy to understand how it works, but it's on the execution. hundred percent agree with you. Yep. And, and just to like 
demonstrate like some of the very easy concepts, right? So we have a couple listed here. You can have an ad based site and that's kind of, you know, that's sort of where you specialize, Ron, where you have um, informational content, you're showing AdSense or media.net or some other ad network, Um, affiliate marketing. That's what I specialize in. So I have like product reviews and people go there to get more information. So very simple. And then we could talk about, you know, finding low competition keywords, the long tail, you know, all these sexy sort of jargon uh, or buzzwords and jargon so that you end up like, oh yeah, like I get it. And the funny thing is, I remember when I first when I first started, I learned just enough so that I could like explain it to other people. And I thought I knew everything. Right. So like I could imagine what an asshole I sounded like at parties. Right. Where I was like, oh, well, you just do this and that. And then, of course, someone could be like, well, are you doing that? Are you making any money? I'm like, well, no, I'm just getting started. <laughs> I laugh because this is seriously, Doug, this is exactly what I did. Um, like my my one hour professor website that now, you know, I focus with the income reports. But when I started it. I was like, I'm just going to create courses. And I actually do, you know this, but I'm not sure all the listeners do. I actually teach on the side. I'm, I'm a uh, adjunct college professor at a few different you know, colleges, just part-time um, because I enjoy it. And I was like, I'm just going to teach this stuff because I was already teaching it. Right. And like I could teach the concepts just fine. So I like started out uh, and did all that. And then it's like, honestly, I look back and it's like, it's like cringeworthy. Like as, as to what the things I like said and like did, it's like, my God, I really, cause I wasn't practice. Like I was talking like I knew everything. And I think a lot of people make this mistake. They talk like they, they think they know it cause they listen to a podcast or a dozen podcasts. But then when you're actually practicing it, it's like, well, the proof, proof is in the pudding, you know, like make it actually happen. And until you're doing that, just stop. And yeah, just stop. <laughs> so Indeed. So um, the next one that we're going to get to, number two, is patience and consistency. And when we were first drafting up the list, I didn't put this on here. So, Ron, do you want to you want to take this since you you sort of championed it? Since I'm spearheading it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So basically, one of the things that that um, I'm trying to be a little bit more active of Facebook groups, Doug and I were talking about this a minute ago. and, And one of the things that I keep seeing is people are saying, you know, oh, I'm getting five people to my website a day. And, and at what point can I, can I monetize? And, and, you know, they're, they're thinking way too far ahead. So just in general, when it comes to making money online, um, it really is a marathon. This is not, I can't reiterate this enough. It's not something that's going to be good in a month, three months, Six months, you might start seeing a little bit of decent progress. A year, you're going to maybe see like, you know, in most cases, there's always outliers. But in most cases, you might see like a couple hundred bucks, you know, usually. Like, I think that's pretty pretty average. Um, but I think the biggest thing is that as an individual, if you're getting into this and you're starting this, you need to be incredibly patient, incredibly consistent, and understand that there's a lot of hard work ahead of you. Um, to make this actually happen. You know, I, I think that so many people just, they want to make that, those quick, those quick dollars and they want to just like dive in and get into it. And, and for me, it's like, that's just not what this is. Like, it's just, it's, it, I always tell people expect to take at least a year and dive into this for a full year and really commit yourself for a full year before you see anything good. And usually people see a little bit of success before that, but I try to, you know, brace them mentally like, hey, you got to do this for the long haul. This can't be something that you, you know, you're going to start, stop, start, stop. Um, 
So yeah, I think that's a big thing. And then like, and also I will say too, like patience and consistency, one of the biggest parts to that is that if you're patient and consistent, you're working at it. And, you know, let's say you have limited time though. Let's say you have a full-time job. There's nothing wrong with being patient and consistent and using someone else to write some of your content, you know, for that whole year. That's fine. The point is just commit to having a budget for the website for the whole year. So. And I could hop in and just repeat what you just said, but I'm, I'm not going to. I'm going to take a slightly diff, different angle and okay. talk about the consistency part where, you know, we talk about, or you mentioned sticking with something for one year. And I want to emphasize to stick with a thing, right? So if you spend one month, like for 12 straight months or even 18 straight months, and you're like switching what you're working on, say you're going mm -hmm. for drop shipping, you're going to do an AdSense site because you think, you know, Ron's awesome and you loved his interview from before. Obviously. Yeah. Um, and then, and then you hear about some of the success stories from my students and you see they're really doing well with affiliate marketing, or maybe you heard a podcast on drop shipping, fill in the blank, right? There's like a million of these different business opportunities, real estate, rental properties, blah, blah, blah. If you keep switching, you're just going to keep making like dumb beginner mistakes for each one of the things. There may be some transference for a few areas, but trust me, if um, if I was going to try <laughs> to make a site like Ron does or Ron make a site like I do, we would run into some issues, right? Because yep. we don't know those mechanics, even though they're very closely related, super closely related. There's just um, a, a little bit of a learning curve for everything. And if you're brand new and you keep switching, you're just going to be frustrated. You will feel, I mean, it's natural to compare yourself to other people and all these case studies that we share. But really, if you're switching around, you're just shooting yourself in the foot. So yeah. Yeah, completely 100% agree with you, Doug. I actually, when I first started, that was a mistake I made myself. Um, I had my, my first website that I'm currently on, but then I tried all these different projects. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a pretty miserable thing to, to deal with. Like what I always tell people is if you're going to start something, it has to work. Think of it that way. Not, oh, it might work. It's, it has to work and I have to give it at least a full year. That's a good way to kind of prepare yourself mentally, mm -hmm. um, in my opinion. So. Yep. And quick example, and then we'll move on to the next one. A uh, previous guest, Chris Pearson, the founder of DIY Themes, instrumental in sort of the premium WordPress theme space, you know, a decade ago, 13 years ago, something like that. Um, he was talking about, I think this was after our interview, even. I can't remember if we recorded it or what. Um, but he was mentioning that like his projects seemed to be like two years before they start getting some traction. And then I thought back to my experiences, right? So whether it was like the first sites that I launched or my course or whatever, like it's just, an, it's all you could do to get a shippable product, whatever it is in, you know, a year, right? We're talking significant stuff, right? So not a, not a small, not a small project. It takes a little while to to build it. And then after that, you have to figure out how to market it. So whether it's SEO or whether it's email marketing or getting the word out or whatever, or even the keyword golden ratio, right? No one cared for the first couple um, or first several months, maybe the first couple years even, but here in the last little bit, people are talking about it, right? Like if you go, this is interesting. If you go check the search volume for this made up thing that I've done, right? Keyword golden ratio is searched for a couple hundred times a month, which is kind of cool. Cause like that's, 
we just, we made it up, right? I mean, I just yeah. made it up. <laughs> so that's an awesome, that's an awesome feeling. That's an awesome feeling. <clears throat> okay, number three, there are bad people and charlatans selling garbage, and they're all over the place, and it's hard to tell when you're first getting started who is who. So, Ron, did you run into any charlatan types? When you were starting, you know, so that's the whole thing. Like even today, I, I don't see this very often and I don't know if it's because I have blinders on. Um, I see it in Facebook groups where people will comment and I like, they'll give advice and I'll look at what they're, and I literally think, what the hell is he talking or what, what the hell are they talking about? Like, that's just not good advice. Um, I see that at times. I don't know if they're necessarily selling like courses, but I pretty much followed like, like Pat Flynn. And then I, I basically only focused on people who had big podcasts after that. So I didn't find a bunch of that, but yeah, I'd like to hear more about, you know, what, you know, cause I, I just, I don't know, like I said, I've had the blinders on and I kind of went heads down after I started learning and just worked. So, <laughs> gotcha. so I, I generally followed the same like route that you mentioned where, uh, Pat would have someone on the podcast and then I would listen to their podcast and yeah. a bunch of little, you know, jumping off points. Pat was the hub. So that's why we have like such a similar background and probably why we're talking right now. So the, some of the people that I ran into were like very, it was very recently like on YouTube. So, um, on YouTube, yeah. it's, it's very tempting yeah, to have like a viral kind of, um, video where you have a great headline, you're showing like the high level, just easy, like the most basic ideas claiming that it's, you know, making a ton of money and it's super easy. And, um, actually this happened where I interviewed someone on my channel cause we had like some overlap, um, on a couple topics. And then I think he, he was like basically, well, <laughs> It's it's not a uh, family friendly show, but I will save what I was about to say <laughs> and just say he wasn't a nice guy. All right. So I'll put it that way. And then um, I think he like went and looked at one of my videos on Amazon affiliate marketing, recreated um, like the high level. I mean, he created his own video, but basically he had a, a way to spam his video um, in some effective way where it got like a ton of views. He ranked over me like in the YouTube search and that sort of thing. Of course, he had like no idea of the topic. He was just like, oh, a lot of people are searching for that. I'm going to hop on, copy um, the ideas from one of Doug's videos and then, you know, get a bunch of views on it, which he did. And he was selling, you know, a bunch of, you know, terrible courses. Um, the other thing is like one way to tell, right, is if you land on someone's site and it's just a landing page, Yep. Um, that's usually a bad sign. They're like, sign up and you could figure out, um, or I'll teach you how I'm doing all this affiliate marketing. I'm making $800 a day and they're on the beach or something like that. Like usually, like if it's just a squeeze page, which is a landing page where you can't really do anything, there's no other content, probably not a good sign. So that that's one area. Another area I've seen a lot of is it's partially on YouTube, but um, another area is like the automated um, like website builders. So it will it would be like Amazon affiliate builder, like a store, right? It'll build a store for you, like 
like automatically you just put in the categories and it builds this whole store of course there's i mean you won't get any traffic you have this store um and in some cases you know the software is pretty cheap maybe it's 100 bucks or something and then in other cases you may have to like pay a small amount for the software but then ongoing hosting where they're you know maybe like hosting it for you but they're charging you a lot so maybe they're charging you mm. 25 bucks a month or 50 bucks a month or something like that so it's just enough for for them to make a lot of money at volume and you're getting some value because they're hosting your site but it's way overpriced and generally your site's never going to work out um there's no like repeat customers but they rope you in and they know like if they can keep you on for say four to eight months, I'm just making that up. They're like, well, I like, I made all the money I need from that one person. And then the other way they rope you in is generally it's a pyramid scheme, um, where they will then recruit you as one of their customers to recruit more people as yeah. an affiliate. <clears throat> so like, you're going to make some money as an affiliate selling the same garbage that you just bought, which is terrible. Right. So yeah. that's where the charlatans garbage and all that stuff comes into play yeah so. and, and you know what um and now that you're talking about it it's, it's it's really funny that you say this so my wife is currently in brazil um getting her green card and thing figuring all that out uh but she just recently found a youtube video that was like how this girl made thirty thousand dollars in a day selling uh makeup something with makeup i don't even remember what it was, like a beauty blender or whatever and then she's she, she came to me and she's like ron we gotta do this and she's already creating a shopify store and all this stuff i mean to her credit she has the ability to use her social media to possibly push some customers and so i was like if you want to try it you want to try it go ahead but i remember she was telling me she was laughing because she's like this guy creates videos and and he's got this one that talks about like how to make five thousand dollars in an hour with no work and i was like laughing i'm like ta that's her name toledo i was like that's laughable how ridiculous that is i was like if it sounds too easy it is so i'm it's not costing a lot of money or anything i'm backing up and i'm gonna let her try something maybe it'll work with her social media but like that is a good example um i, I just hit someone at the door don't even worry about that that's a package um but that's a good example for sure of uh what you're talking about and i didn't even think about it until you were just talking it clicked in my head so yeah. And I think maybe it shifts like where the people are, right? So when we were starting up, there were, um, like these squeeze pages and there were like, uh, warrior special offers, like on the warrior forum. Um, did you, did you ever see the warrior forum back in the day? A little bit? I did. I okay. did see the warrior forum. Yeah. 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 I, I, I didn't spend much time there, but yeah. Yeah. Same here. I mean, when you read it, I was like, this is really weird. And this comes into like another area where like these people are influencers and then they will just push each other's products with like fake testimonials. So like there's maybe 10 or 15 people who are making a lot of money on these products, providing testimonials for other people. And then the products really suck. Now, some people out there may be thinking, well, Doug, you push some affiliate products and other people push your product. Well, we have like actual testimonials from actual people and there's just like too much information out there that's positive. Um, and I only work with people that I know. So I, I'm definitely approached often to, you know, push someone's course or product or whatever. And uh, actually this happened recently. Someone was trying to pitch something to me and I was like, in general, the idea is okay. But I was like, I don't know who you are. You haven't even given me your last name here. Like, yeah. 
I don't know what the service is going to be like. How are you going to support the customers or students or whatever? And they, they then ignored my email. So I was like, well, I think yeah. I'll just prove my point. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm the same way. I'll recommend certain products, but like when you, and Pat Flynn talks about this too, when you recommend a product, you're not just recommending the product. It's not that easy. You're actually kind of putting your reputation on the line. So the minute that you rep, you know, that you recommend a product or a course or whatever, and it's, it's garbage, people see that. And then they're mad at you. So like, that's, you know, I'm the same way as you, like I'll recommend things. Sure. But I either use them myself or I like really actually taking the time to go through it and make sure it's good stuff. Cause I don't want to recommend crap. I don't want people to think I'm a jerk. So. Yep. It totally does. I mean, you know, you're affiliated with whatever company is paying you. So, I mean, it counts. Okay. So everybody watch out for the charlatans out there. And it's sometimes hard to tell, but I mean, generally, um, I think if someone is not putting, well, here's a good example. If someone's not putting out a lot of free content where you kind of get to know them, I mean, that's sort of my like barometer at this point. Cause when you look, when I'm, when I look at the people who I am, you know, trying to maybe emulate, or at least I looked up, look up to on some level, um, they're putting out a lot of free content, a lot of value. So even the people who are not customers are getting a lot of value from them. So that's what I try and do personally. Yep. All right. Moving on. Number four is passive income is not real. So Ron, what do you think about this? We didn't discuss these last couple here at all. Um, passive income. It is not, well, it can be real and it cannot be real. And I'm sure we'll get into it, but basically um, the idea of like, yeah, I, I think, I think at its, at its, full basis, the idea of like passive income where you literally do nothing and collect money is not real. Um, and I say that because even if you have rental properties, people are like, well, if you have a rental property, it's completely passive income. Not true because you have to either manage a property yourself or you have to have a property manager that you manage. So there's always some sort of work that goes into everything. Um, it's never like passive income, you know, is just going to come out of nowhere and then you never have to do anything to earn it. I think that there's a point to where, after you've established in things, you can have real passive income, but there is something that, you know, takes you to get to that point for sure. Very good. Yeah. I don't have much more to add to that. Um, Stealing your thunder. (laughs) Yeah. And and I think, I mean, a lot of people have said similar things. Again, I'm not just going to repeat what you said, but um, the, the idea is like at some point you'll be able to relax a little bit and like, it is more of a, a maintenance situation versus a, you know, constantly building. Now you kind of run into an issue. I think Ryan and I, and we know other people, you know, like ourselves who get obsessed and we um, like to build things and like to work on things. So it's a little bit of a vicious cycle where you keep looking for new stuff and different projects and, that's fine, right? Like we need to be stimulated and do interesting things and work on stuff that is new so that we can learn. Um, but at the same time, it's like sometimes um, we don't know when to chill out, especially, I mean, you were probably running on a lot of caffeine over the last uh, couple of weeks dealing <laughs> with this stuff. So you're like, go, go, go. And then once you, you know, once you finish and it's time to relax for a second, like you find something else to stress about basically, right? Always. I mean, yeah, like I always do. I I think that we're really similar in that way. Like I get, I get bored. 
Um, it's just the, like I could, I, I could, because I have a team in place and everything I could coast and seriously not work for weeks on end if I wanted to. Um, and I could like, and just answer emails, I guess that would be the work and make, you know, managing my people. Mm-hmm. I could do that, but I don't want to do that. I like, I like the idea of just growing. And, and one thing I'll say is that like with this passive income, you know, man- maintenance is required, but there are times, um, you know, and I know you, you experience with your moving. Um, and we are, my wife and I are renovating a house right now. So like there are times when you can, like I've taken days off, you know, like completely, like I didn't even check my email until nine o'clock at night and business kept going. So, and that is, that is the great part, which leads us to number five, wait, passive income is kind of real. So as, as you're mentioning perfect segue, Ron, by the way, as a guest host, that was wonderful. <laughs> um, basically, yeah, I moved. I took about uh, about a month mostly off. Now, I worked a ton for about you know two, three weeks leading up to it just to plan everything out and make sure I was in good shape to take that time off. But it was fine. And I, I mean, there are periods of time, like maybe if you're on vacation, for example, I mean, we don't like to do this, but I'm sure you've done it before, Ron, like you're on vacation, you have your laptop and you're like, I'm going to, I'm going to work for half a day. Like it's rainy outside or whatever. Um, and you could take some time off to, from your vacation to actually do a little work. But, um, in those cases, like when you're moving or there's renovation and it's like a disaster and you, you don't have an office or whatever, like you literally can just not do anything and it's okay. Um, it takes, it takes a while to get to that point. And I think, um, I think you still have to have, like, like I said, I did a ton of work for the weeks leading up to my time off. And that was, that was how I did it. And I'm going to, I'm going to do it again. It turns out I like doing a ton of work and like really hammering, uh, myself and like being super productive and then like completely checking out where, I mean, I'm not even, I'm going to have like a small laptop with me, so it'll be uncomfortable. Yeah. I won't be able to do anything like, you know, super, um, intense and I think it'll be great. So, um, anything else to add about the, you know, passive income is kind of real. I think, I think like for me, I will say when I first started, um, and I always heard about like, you know, you hear about Tim Ferriss for our work week and you're like, that's BS with my main website. That's not BS. Um, I could probably do it in two hours. Honestly, uh, I really don't do much cause it's all outsourced. But I remember in the beginning, um, I mean, when I first started, I was working 10, 12, 14 hour days consistently every single day, Monday through Sunday. Um, I never experienced burnout necessarily because for me, this is, and I think Doug, you're probably the same. This is it's hard to say, but it's like kind of a hobby. So like, like it's not, it's a thing is that when I worked for other people, it was work. It was something that was like, well, I have to do this. Now it's like a hobby to where I'm actually taking on projects that I'm interested in and I can control my direction of what I'm doing. So that's a huge, huge thing. Um, but yeah, when I started, it was like, you know, 10, 12, 14 hour days and I was fine with it. My wife wasn't uh, at girlfriend at the time, but, um, yeah, like now, you know, uh, I, I won't say it's completely passive, but, now, you know, maybe a four or five hour day, um, is fine. You know, that's, that's about what I need. Um, and there's some days that I put in longer, like lately with this malware stuff, I've been putting in some long hours. Uh, but like, yeah, usually like that's, that's fine, but that's the thing. People hear that. And then in the beginning they kind of slow down. It's like, no, no, no. In the beginning, that's when you really, really accelerate. And I think, I think you can get to the point of passive income when 
I personally, this is my feeling when you have, um, you've built up enough content to where the website pays for its own bills, um, and then probably pays a little bit more and you have things outsourced and you're investing in content heavily. Um, but yeah, like in the beginning, there's a lot of work that gets there, but you can, you really can. I mean, we've taken plenty of vacations and what we do on vacation, cause my wife works in internet marketing area. She's like a social media influencer. Um, what we do on vacation, we do, we just have a rule one hour a day in the morning, like right when you, when you wake up, you know, uh, we can get on the computer, we could do what we got to do, check emails, make sure everything's good, turn it off and then go enjoy the day. And I'm fine with that. I, I don't like fully disconnecting. I know for some people that's probably refreshing. I actually don't fully like that. Cause then I, I, I get nervous about what's going on. And you know, I always have emails coming in. Plus I always have to go to my computer one hour a day anyway, because I have my, my teaches that are my courses that I teach still. So like, it just all works that way. So yeah, it, it is kind of real, but it takes a lot to get to that point for sure. Cool. And, um, one thing I'll mention is, uh, it's kind of funny. Cause like right now, like I was getting uh, a couple texts. My phone was vibrating and I heard it. Um, yep. My virtual assistant was letting me know that my students in my course can't access the videos. Obviously a very important thing. So like in, in those situations, right, it's exactly what you're talking about where it's like something could go terribly wrong where like people are counting on me and yep. we both have like pretty lean teams, right? So we don't have like someone working full time monitoring this stuff and like that happens on the weekend right i can't expect my assistant to like check that out solve it blah 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 so like yeah so there are instances where it's like you know it's maybe a little risky so it's always good to kind of check in um just keep a pulse on things i think you know just make sure all is good you know yeah yeah. So, um, and I think, let's see, one of my other notes that I have here is like, if it is more passive, like generally it's more set up ahead of time. So I was talking about that earlier. Um, like right before I moved, a lot of setup to make sure things were going to run smoothly. Things were fine. Um, this coming, you know, trip that I'm going to take pretty soon, it's going to be a little bit longer. Um, and I'm actually trying to set the business up to grow while I'm gone. So Mm. that's even more work. And even like now that I've experienced it some, so it'll, I hope it works. I mean, it it may not, but (laughs) uh, the point is I'm, I'm doing bigger stuff, more interesting things. So like I'm all over the place, a lot of tangents, but, um, you were talking about this sort of being a hobby. Like we enjoy the work we're doing. Maybe not the malware stuff. I mean, we don't want to deal with <laughs> you that. Know, hey, you know what though? No, I did not enjoy the malware. But I did enjoy learning about the malware because now I can actually, if this ever happens again to me, I know what to do. If it happens to someone else, I can give them advice, which is, it's a good learning experience. And it's a good mistake on my behalf to learn, hey, stupid, make sure that you always have some type of, you know, plugin that's actually providing defense, even on your small websites. It's a good learning experience. So, no, I didn't enjoy that. And I didn't enjoy the lost sleep, but I enjoyed learning about it. And now I know. Yeah. So. And now you're out the other side and you're like, okay, we, we made it through. It's I'm pretty, you, okay. you should have seen me this morning when I got, because my, my other developer couldn't figure this out. He couldn't figure it out. He tried all these different things. Nothing was working. So this morning it was like, oh, thank goodness. But one of the things I want to say that I think, I think is a good point that you just mentioned to this and kind of adding on to it is um, you just mentioned how like if it's 
the, the long way and taking things a long way and, and making a lot of time and doing a lot of work and doing things that competitors aren't doing and, uh, you know, whether it be like collecting data that they're not doing and put it in the actual work or making it look better or, um, you know, really focusing hard on backlinks and creating good content. I think a big part of that is that um, it, it makes it more secure. It makes it a better business that when, not if, but when you have competitors show up, um, they're not just going to be able to quickly and easily do something and then kick you right off the top spot. You know, I think that that's a really important thing. So if, if something's hard and you're like, man, should I really do this? This is going to be a lot of work. Yes, because that's, what's going to work. That always ends up working. And then, um, your competitors see it and they're like, oh my gosh, I actually remember I did a, uh, and I won't even mention the product, but I did a like review on a product and everything. And I put it on my YouTube channel. Um, and when I did that, uh, an individual actual commented, it was pretty funny. He commented and said, God, this is the most thorough review I've ever seen. I feel like a really lazy affiliate now. And I was cracking up because like that was someone just saying, and it was like an hour long tutorial, super long, super in depth. And this individual was just like, I don't want, like maybe they could have matched it, but he was just, or she was just like, I don't want to match this. So like, that's a good way to build a moat. Like that's a competitive advantage. If you put that much effort into something. And I remember that thing took me hours, like 12 hours to do. But when it, when you do it, that that's a good moat to have. And it's really defensive and other people don't want to do it. So very good point. And brings me to point number six. There is a shortcut and this is a little bit of a secret and it's the long way. Right. So basically there's not really a shortcut and you highlighted it perfectly, Ron. It's like if, if you could do something easily, if you could do it really quickly and it was easy and it was cheap, or even if it was expensive, but you could execute it quickly and money was the only hurdle, then someone could just replace you just as fast as you got there. So when it comes down to it, like most people don't want to have, you know, uh, a sand castle, like right on the shore, right by the water. That's just going to get washed away. As soon as the next wave comes in, they want to have something that they could like count on for a few years. And like, just through that, um, it's going to take longer, right? It's going to take longer. It may not be the most direct way. And I'm seeing it in like multiple areas as I'm slowly like (laughs) growing niche site project, like, I've done a bunch of guest posts in the past. Everyone said, do guest posts, get links to, um, you know, create good content, start a podcast, start a YouTube channel and like do all this stuff. Um, nothing really seems to have made a big difference. There's no one like inflection point. It's just been like super slow and super steady over, you know, five plus years. So there's really like no shortcut. And now that I'm, you know, over the hump over, you know, the first thousand days or so. Um, I'm like, this, this is good. I don't want to take any shortcut. I'd rather have this like pretty defensible, like you said, um, moat around what I'm doing. Um, someone can't just copy, um, exactly what I'm doing. Like they just can't do it. They can, you know, come around and do some similar stuff, but like I put in way more time. I have so many videos on YouTube. It's crazy. Some of them are terrible, but I have a lot. Yeah. So there's really no shortcut. And if you're looking for a shortcut, like you can be replaced so fast. So don't look for a shortcut. Yeah. And that's a big thing with like all those, like, like like you're just talking about my wife with the Shopify thing. It's like, if it was that easy, 
Like, you know, everybody would be doing it. And the truth is, if it is that easy, everybody will do it. And then it's done. Like, that's what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, I completely agree. And I, like I said, I think I think the biggest takeaway there is just to put in that extra work um, that other people aren't willing to put in. Uh, specifically, I find this with like backlinking, which I, I'm actually a fan with backlinking. A lot of people don't want to do backlinking. And I know like income school talks about like, oh, we built sites and, and we didn't do any backlinking. And that's like the dream. Everybody wants that. Um, and, and I mean, you probably can succeed with that. But I've found that usually doing that will accelerate things. And a lot of people don't want to do that. So I do that. And it makes it more defensible, more secure, makes it more difficult for competitors kept to catch up with me because they're like, oh, I really don't want to do this. And I'm like, I love doing this. Let's go, you know, because other people aren't doing it. When, they, when they're zigging, I'm zagging. That's kind of the thing I go with. So, Yep. And I think you brought up a perfect, like very specific example. And I see this over and over again. I mean, People don't want a link build and yep. they're like, I will use the keyword golden ratio. I know other people are using it successfully and I don't want a link build. And I'm like, why not? Like if it's yeah. going well, it could be going great. So, yeah. I mean, you can get away with not building any links. And if you put it, you know, if you put in enough um, time and effort and you're ranking for the right things, natural links will come, but it is much much slower. And by the way, building your own links and like, you know, putting some effort into promotion and getting the word out there, um, that'll help you get links naturally. Because if you're not ranking for anything, no one's going to find your site. No one's going to link to you. But what happens sometimes is like someone, especially like a writer on a bigger um, site, they will, uh, start linking to you and they'll like your site. They'll look at your site before they look for others. So you may find that you're all of a sudden getting several links from the wire cutter and you're like, Oh wow. I, that writer is reading my content and you wouldn't expect it. You can't really like manufacture that, but you can help, you know, get up there um, in the SERPs and rank higher so that you actually show up. So when someone's looking for a reference for like, let's say, the best hair uh, replacement program or something, maybe you show up, right? Yeah. So, and I'm going to be doing a review on hair replacement um, pretty soon. So, I'm just kidding. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I was like kind of laughing. Yeah. I yeah. If you're telling the truth, I'm like, oh, oh. Um, yeah, no, that's a good point. Like, that's actually something with my uh, my main like one of my bread and butter sites now is I get a ton of organic links, and the, and the reason is because I put in all the effort to build links in the beginning. Um, and then now I'm showing up at the top of Google and I'll just, I'll randomly look like once a week and I'll have like a few new links. Um, and it's just, you know, my website's mostly informational, but like people see that they see a good answer to the question. They can't find it anywhere else. So then they link to you. Um, so yeah, but yeah, backlinking, it's just one of those things that people hate doing. And I love that people hate doing it because I like doing it and that makes you successful just if you're willing to do it. So, yep. I agree 100%. So quick recap. Uh, number one, making money online is conceptually easy, but probably harder than you think. Number two is you got to be patient and you need to be consistent. Number three is there are bad people out there trying to sell you garbage, right? So look out for them. They're all over the place in every industry. Uh, number four, is passive income is not real. Number five, passive income is real. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
but you gotta you gotta get there. You gotta earn it. And it's then kind of real. Kind of real. What's that? Kind of real. It's kind, it's of, kind of real. Yeah. <laughs> a, little, a little bit, but not exactly. So the last one, maybe the most important, there is a shortcut and it is the long way. Don't try and take a shortcut. Don't do it. It's not worth it. Yep. Agreed. Anything else, Ron? Any final parting words here? No. Um, you know, thanks for having me back as usual. Appreciate it. Always love being here. Um, if you guys have questions, let me know, you know, commenting on the Doug's YouTube channel and that sort of thing, or letting him know, you know, email or whatever. I'm sure he'll relay it back to me, but uh, always appreciate it. Yep. And I was going to say, don't email me uh, for Ron's questions, but you can go to the one hour professor. I don't want to oh. be a, uh, you know, go between. Okay. Yeah. If you <laughs> so just go to one hour professor. Yeah, that works too. Yeah. So onehourprofessor.com, you can see that income reports up there. I share all that information too. So cool. Thanks, Ron. Really appreciate it. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks, Doug. Of course. Thanks again to Ron. I really appreciate him taking the time and, and chatting with me about making money online. And I think I'm going to have him on uh, at least a few more times as a guest host. It's really fun to talk shop with Ron. It's cool because he comes at things from a different direction than I do. I mean, we have different kinds of sites where I mainly do affiliate marketing and he mainly does like ad-based informational sites. So a little bit different and it's it's pretty cool. We obviously have like much different experience as well as we, you know, had our corporate careers previously. So a couple things I was thinking about as I was you know, typing up the show notes and stuff for this episode. Um, number one is around you know, the shortcut, there's no shortcut. The shortcut is like taking the long route and taking your time. And I think it's really important to note that there's, at least in my experience, there's never been like an inflection point where everything changed. So it's just been like a slow grind, um, very slowly growing on like the blog, right? Niche site project or on YouTube. Again, very slow, multi-year process. The podcast, again, it's growing very slowly. And, you know, part of it makes sense. You have to develop skills in a certain area. And then, you know, the other thing that maybe is not obvious is you think, especially in this, you know, sort of ecosystem of social media, that if you go viral, that, you know, you're just everything's going to pop, everything's going to change. And while number one, you know, I haven't had anything go viral. So maybe that's my problem. But I mean, I think more realistically, there's not really going to be an inflection point like that for most people. Yes, you can find exceptions and examples where someone was doing something for years, they had something go viral, and then they had a big following after that. So, I mean, I could see those examples, of course, but for most people, you're not going to have any viral situation. Nothing is going to be amazing and you're just going to have to grind it out. That is just the way it is. There are countless examples over and over again in many different industries, um, whether it's, you know, blogging or stand-up comedy or acting or whatever. Like there's many years of struggle and it looks like nothing's going to happen ever. And then it does. And usually 
It's through uh, perseverance. As an aside for that, I think it's also important to realize that it's not just, you know, perseverance and, and blindly doing the same thing over and over again. It is through like evaluating what you're doing, what is working and what is not working so that you're hopefully constantly improving or at least trying things that are different. So now uh, I'm, I'm talking myself into a circle here. You don't want to like skip around and try too many things. But the point is like, if I am trying to do, let's do the podcast, for example, if I'm trying to, you know, build a podcast and build a you know, following via a podcast and I'm doing solo episodes where I'm just reading a blog post over and over again and that's not working, well, I should probably try something a little bit different like maybe interviewing people who have a following and then maybe they can share it around, right? So trying different tactics um, and ideas and strategies within, you know, one discipline, we'll say. So you should try things that are different and see how they work while you're evaluating what is working and what isn't working so you can slowly improve over time. That's the point. You should slowly improve over time and that is okay. You don't have to like be an expert out of the gates. No one is. You just have to keep making an improvement over time. And the good part is if you have a long enough timeline, let's say you're making 1% improvements. I'm just making up this example, but if you're making like 1% improvements each week for, you know, one to two or say five years or something like you can be pretty good at something if you just put the time in you can be pretty bad when you start as long as you're making small improvements over time you should be okay now the cool part is sometimes you won't make like a one percent improvement sometimes you can get a lot better as you you know overcome plateaus and that sort of thing but the point is there's no real shortcut. There's the long route with slow improvement. And you may think, hey, if I could just get a guest post on blah, blah, blah site, it will change everything. Most of the time, it will not. Most of the time, it may be just a little uh, a blip. If you're looking at the analytics, for example, it may just be a little blip. And then maybe it's going to drop back down to where it was. You never know, but you have to keep trying. Maybe one of those, right? Maybe one of those guest posts will be the inflection point. Maybe I haven't hit that yet. And before we jet for today, I want to remind you that you can contact me. You can ask questions. You can give me ideas for shows that you want to hear. So you can send me an email at feedback at doug.show. That's it. Just feedback at doug.show or if you have a great speaking voice, you can leave me a voicemail. The number's in the show notes, or if you happen to be able to write this down, it's 406-813-0613. And you can just call, leave a message. It helps maybe if you write out your question ahead of time so you know what you're going to say and it doesn't ramble on too long. But uh, it'd be great if you left a voicemail. That would be super cool. And we're looking forward to, uh, you know, getting other questions for Ron and myself for, you know, future episodes where he's the guest host. So we'll catch you next time and have a great day. And I'm back just for one more second here. I was going to say it's funny 
when I'm doing these episodes because I want to tell like a few little stories here and there, but as time goes on, I actually, uh, you know, I'm getting old apparently. I don't remember the stories that I've told, so I'm pretty sure I'm going to be repeating some of them from time to time. So I don't have a story right now, but I mean, that is my story that I've, I forgot the stories that I've told. Maybe it'll be good if I can keep track, but at this point we're coming up on like 50 episodes and part of it is just me talking to myself and this is that part of of the episode. So anyway, if it's the first time that you're listening to the show, this is weird, but thank you for listening. I do appreciate it. And one cool thing that you can do is let other people know about the show. So, you know, sometimes ask for a review or something like that, but really I just want more people to find the show. So if you know someone who may be interested in some of the topics that I talk about, then send them a link, send them over to Doug.show and, you know, let them know that they should be listening to this show. And I would really appreciate it. Thanks a lot.